0: I am Dr. Rajiv Parinja. Welcome back to Brain Politics. When Jack walked into our next session, he wanted to talk about an incident which started out frustrating him, but had eventually left him feeling proud of himself. He had gone to eat some ice cream at an ice cream shop that he really liked. This place, was quite busy and the line was longer than he would have liked, even though he had tried to go at a time when he thought the shop would not be crowded. This wasn't the first time that he had to queue for longer than he wanted. There had been occasions when he had to leave because he couldn't wait all that time. As Jack is standing in the line, The first thought that crosses his mind is, what's wrong with all these people? Nobody in their right mind eats ice cream at this time of the day. As he continues to get more frustrated with the weight, he finds himself thinking that all these people eating ice cream are responsible for the obesity epidemic in the country. He then felt mad at the people behind the ice cream counter. They were taking their own sweet time and chatting with customers as if there was nobody waiting in the line. Jack feels the urge to say something sarcastic, but he stops himself. Jack had been thinking about our discussions of emotions when he was in the line. He noticed how he felt frustrated, irritated, and then angry. These emotions produced some really interesting thoughts. He was blaming people for doing the exact same thing that he was doing because they were delaying his reward. He didn't, however, do anything or say anything that would make people pay attention and notice his frustration and irritation. When he made eye contact with somebody, he smiled politely. In our session, Jack recounted that he had been able to recognize his emotions and also see how illogical they were. He disliked people for doing the exact same thing that he was doing, but he came up with excuses which justified his actions while judging other people. He thought he was doing something smart to try and eat ice cream when the ice cream shop was not likely to be busy. He felt entitled to eat ice cream occasionally because he felt that he was taking good care of his health, even though he acknowledged that he was struggling with some of the same issues, such as being overweight, that many of the people in the ice cream shop seemed to have. He was also able to modulate his expressions to not let his irritation and frustration show. This ability to regulate ourselves and stop ourselves from doing things that we might feel like doing, but may not be optimal, comes from the frontal part of the brain. This is the king of the realm. The king is relatively young in evolutionary terms, that is, compared to other characters. The king has the capacity to inhibit the drives arising from the other parts of the brain. The king can plan, organize, and regulate our behavior. The king has to go against more powerful and ancient characters in the brain, such as the duke, our brain's emotional system. The king's ability to regulate is not perfect and it is not constantly available. It declines when we are stressed, overwhelmed, tired, sleep-deprived, or intoxicated. The king's strength lies in his ability to anticipate the actions of the other players in the realm and to plan for these. The king must be an expert in brain politics to keep his hold on the realm. When the king is weak the other players will run the kingdom. To get an evolutionary perspective on this, let's go with Jack into one of his dreams. In the dream, Jack is meeting the director of NASA, who is congratulating him on his excellent work on the spaceship. Jack feels a little confused because the meeting is happening on Earth, which is also his spaceship. He then notices that the director of NASA is actually a genie from the bottle. So Jack decides to ask him for three wishes. The director rolls his eyes and says, Look, we get our funding from the government, and we don't have that kind of money. But because I am a genie from the bottle, I'll give you one wish. Jack thinks about it and asks to see the process of evolution that led to the creation of primates and ancestral human species. The director rolls his eyes again and says, Well, that is like asking for four wishes. Jack is surprised. How is that? asks Jack. Well, says the director, You do understand that no human being lives long enough to see the evolutionary changes happening in species similar to us. You could see the changes in fruit flies, which reproduce much faster. We have got many universities that are raising fruit flies and subjecting them to artificial selection pressures to see what changes happen. But if you wanted to see the evolutionary processes in monkeys and primates, you will have to slow down time. We will have to upgrade your ship with a warp drive so you can travel so fast that time slows down for you. We will also fix your ship with computers that are quantumly entangled with computers on Earth. The Earth computers will get a feed from different video cameras, allowing you to see the process of evolution as it happens. Jack is very excited. He asked the director if the warp drive will allow him to go faster than the speed of light. Like in Star Trek, The director rolls his eyes big time and says, I'm a genie from the bottle and not a Hollywood script writer who can bend the laws of physics. We are professionals who have worked for thousands of years as genies in the bottle. Jack mutters some apologies to the director for not being sufficiently appreciative of the professionalism of genies in the bottle. Jack gets on his spaceship, which is smaller this time, but had the warp drive and the quantumly entangled computers. He takes off and gets pretty close to the speed of light. As he does so, time slows down for Jack compared to Earth. He can see that things on Earth are changing faster and faster. He's observing the monkeys that he had previously seen. They seem to be evolving into different kinds of monkeys and then one group of monkeys seems to be becoming larger, with more complex brains. They eventually become chimpanzees. As chimpanzees, they can do things a little differently. Their societies are more complex, and the stock emotional responses don't always work very well. He sees that they have better developed frontal parts of the brain, which allow them to regulate themselves and stop themselves from doing certain things that their reward and emotional system may have made them want to do. As an example, he notes that they can wait for the dominant chimpanzee, the silverback, to eat his meal before they jump into their meal. It's not that they don't want to eat, but they are able to anticipate the consequences of interrupting the silverback's meal which would lead to a thrashing by the silverback. He continues to observe their evolution for some time and notices another interesting thing. The chimpanzees are now doing something which doesn't seem to serve any evolutionary purpose. They are throwing stones quite hard at a particular tree. He cannot think of how this would help. They almost seem to be superstitious. He wonders if chimpanzees are developing a primitive version of belief in the supernatural. He wonders if they are developing a kind of a religious ritual. This is a bit too much for Jack to take and he wakes up from his dream. In our session, He wants to learn more about the frontal part of the brain that allows us to regulate ourselves. The king is the youngest player in brain politics, but is still very ancient, I told him. Self-regulation started before humans came on Earth, and it improved with us, but it is still far from perfect. Some people like to call the job of this part of the brain as executive functions. The executive functions have a number of components. They give us the ability to inhibit some of the things that we are wanting to do. We also have something called working memory, which allows us to keep in mind a small amount of information that is needed to make immediate decisions. It also allows us to have cognitive flexibility. This is the ability to think about things differently And solve problems, be creative and even learn new things. We have the ability to control our attention. Collectively these functions allow us to tweak our stock responses that come from the lower part of the brain to make them a better fit for the situation we are in. As an example, I told Jack, Your frustration with the wait at the ice cream shop made you want to speak up and yell at the people behind the counter, but you were able to stop yourself from doing it because you knew that this would lead to unwanted consequences. This ability to foresee consequences of actions and have a sense of the timeline is well developed in humans when compared to primates and monkeys, but it is far from perfect. Everyone gives in to temptations from time to time and fails to follow through on commitments to things like exercising regularly or eating healthy. Willpower, which is the ability to do certain things that are difficult and things that we may not feel like doing. It is also the ability to stop ourselves from doing things that we feel like doing but we shouldn't, comes from this frontal part of the brain. Jack immediately wanted to know what he could do to have a strong king. I wanted to answer his question, but I thought it was important to emphasize that though it is possible to improve executive functions, they will never be perfect. And though it would be awesome to have such willpower that we can do whatever we want, that is a fantasy. The trick is not to use brute willpower to get the outcomes we want, but to anticipate the pitfalls, the places where we may slip up, and tweak your environment so that you have to exert less willpower. As an example, it is easier to read in a library than in a nightclub. It is easier to dance in a nightclub than in a library. The environment that we choose to be in can make a huge difference in the ease or difficulty of behaving in a particular way. If we want to improve the king's power, I think the first thing we should talk about is a list of those things which make the king weak. Avoiding them allows the king to utilize the strength that he would normally have available. Being under stress, experiencing intense negative emotions, Being sleep-deprived, tired, or hungry can weaken the kink. So can intoxication. Addicts can have poor self-regulation when they are drinking or using drugs, and this impairment can last for several weeks after they stop drinking or using drugs. Another thing that can impair self-regulation is eating particularly unhealthy food, especially in large quantities such as food with large amounts of fat and sugar. You can improve your ability to self-regulate by sleeping well, exercising regularly, eating healthy, being with somebody who is supportive of you such as a partner or a parent. Practice can also help self-regulation and make it easier and habitual. The effort it takes to do something requiring willpower goes down as we do it repeatedly. We will talk more about habits in the next episode. Our attention is not constant. Our attention can also get drawn by things that are different from our self-regulation goals. These times are ripe for failure of self-regulation. A good king knows these limitations, and he plans ahead for them. Some years ago, there was a positive thinking movement that was quite popular. Being optimistic and thinking positively can help us achieve our goals. But it would mainly help where pessimism or negative thinking is what is holding us back. There are situations where you may overlook or underestimate obstacles due to positive thinking which can increase your chances of failure. The king has many tools that he can use to deliver the outcomes that you want. The first of these tools is anticipation. As we go through life, we can learn from our experience and the experiences of others. We can see what we are doing or not doing to miss out on the outcome that we would have liked. We can anticipate doing these things again and plan to do something different. This could prevent some of the pitfalls that we may have gotten into in the past. Recognition of our emotional state can help us anticipate our skewed appraisal and action tendencies that follow on from the emotions we are in. If you are feeling tired and frustrated, you may be impatient and you may be more aggressive in your actions and speech. Emotional regulation is another vital component of self-regulation. Validation allows us to regulate our emotional state. Self-compassion is also an important skill that can improve our sense of well-being and allow us to avoid acting out of negative emotions. There are many people who have done tremendous work in the area of self-compassion. One researcher is Paul Gilbert, who has developed something called compassion-focused therapy. This is used to treat a range of psychological conditions, many of which stem from a childhood experience that was lacking in compassion. Self-compassion can reduce the strength of negative emotions we experience, allowing us a better quality of life and improved self-regulation. There is research that shows that pre-commitment to a course of action by forming an intention to do what you had wanted to do before you went into the situation can help. There's a term for it called implementation intentions. An example of that would be when I Come home from work, I'm going to change and go to the gym rather than eat a snack. This kind of pre-commitment can help us do things which we want to do but are not very likely to do. The king can utilize a change in perspective. If you think about something unpleasant that happened over five years ago in your life and consider how you feel about it at this time, you may find that it bothers you a lot less than it did at that time. Research shows that for a lot of people, when they're given the opportunity to think about changing something that was negative in their past, they often say that though it felt awful at the time, it gave their life a new direction or a new meaning, and they would not want to go back and change it. Jack found all of this intriguing. As usual, he wanted a summary and an action plan. I think my key points are, number one, avoid doing things that impair the king. These are intoxication, sleep deprivation, emotional distress and fatigue, among others. If you are impaired, recognize it and do what you need to do to get back to a normal state of self-regulation. Catch up on sleep. Connect with a loved one to get out of emotional distress. Get some rest. Practice self-compassion. Number two, know that self-regulation gets easier with practice. This will hopefully give you the motivation to keep going with self-regulation. Number three, our willpower is never going to be perfect. The key is to anticipate and avoid the environments that make us do the behaviors that we don't want to do. Tweaking our environment can have a bigger impact in getting the outcomes that we want. This is where we should focus our efforts. This session was an introduction to the king. We will continue to learn the lay of the land of our realm in our next session. We will meet two characters. The first is the robot, our brain's habit system that can automate all kinds of behaviors. The second is the most ancient of them all, and he is strange and spooky. Some say he runs the kingdom, and others doubt his very existence. He shall be revealed in our next session. I hope you will join me. If you have questions or comments, please go to wgte.org slash brainpolitics. I am Dr. Rajiv Parinja. I am your host and producer. Our executive producer is Chris Pfeiffer. This is Brain Politics. WGTE. Voices around us. WGTE is supported in part by American Rescue Plan Act funds allocated by the City of Toledo and the Lucas County Commissioners and administered by the Arts Commission.